0: Happy Monday evening, everybody. We were uh, about 24 uh, seconds ago discussing if it <laughs> was Monday night, and you're all used to me not knowing what night it is. And the reason why I don't know it's Monday night is because Sunday we take the trash cans out, but it's, they don't pick up on Labor Day, and so I'm totally lost. So. But happy Labor Day, everybody. I hope you didn't labor too much. Uh, tonight we have a wonderful guest, uh, a good friend of mine, a good friend of the ministry. He's served in the Conejo Valley for a number of years. A tremendous testimony, uh, an apologist of the Christian faith. You also have the longest running uh, program 20 years now on KKLA. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And the radio station in the Valley, a lot of you are familiar with it. Uh, and it's, it's John Noyce, or as you saw on the screen, Jonathan Noyce. And we're going to get to know him in a little bit. And some of you are going, well, who's he? And why did—trust me, you, you don't want to miss this. And especially um, as this is a critical week in the United States, and especially what we're facing uh, across the country uh, with the, the, the lockdown, this is a topic that you do not want to miss tonight. You don't want to miss it. And God has given John a great insight and equipped him to address this issue, and you're going to hear about it momentarily. Before we get to that, I, I, I want to lay down some house rules, uh, because it's becoming problematic on uh, our chat area. Last night, we wanted to do questions with Dr. Michael Brown, and two of you just started going off on uh, vaccines. Get each other's, you know, email or text. Take that into your w- world, so that we can use the the, the chat for questions. Uh, where we we don't we don't. And if you're trolling, we're going to have to block you. I mean, we really want to get give, give people an opportunity to ask questions. So, don't use our chat to foment your concerns and your frustrations and to go back and forth on endless issues. This is where we do questions. Say hello to somebody. You can uh, greet folks from across the country you can ask a question um but but please don't dominate don't don't be a chatty kathy and and oh, i don't know if that's for chatty kathy or yeah <laughs> yeah just just put a caboose on the end of that thought train and leave it alone and and let other folks participate don't be selfish fair enough I I knew you'd all understand. I can hear you all out there going, yes. And maybe the two of you that were doing that last night are like, wait, this is now. And this is, we don't want to have to block you, but we will. So uh, we're going to have questions tonight. I know you're going to have questions. There's a couple of them I'm going to ask you. Um, Uh So this week, actually this month, is is this month or is this week? This week. This week is Suicide Prevention Week. That's correct. Yeah. And this is a critical topic right now. It is, unfortunately. It is. It's, it's awful. And God has put this on your heart. And this, the way this came together uh, for the three of us, we were getting ready to have a guest on our program. You had recommended the guest to David. David said to me, we said, let's get him. Yeah. The guest name? Mike Adams. Mike Adams. Mm. And Mike had actually preached at our church before, I, I think. He had, he had spoken at our church once before. Uh, he's, he's friends with Brian Laspata when we were over at Lavery court and we were set to have him on and he committed suicide. Yeah. Very sad. Yeah. And and there was questions revolving around his suicide because nobody wanted it to be that. Yeah. But, but people you're close to that that's their world. They confirmed it was suicide, which breaks your heart. Yeah. And one of the things that he asked you to do when he was here is he said he wanted you to really focus on this topic
1: yeah. Two two years ago or so, he was yeah. out at Living Oaks for our, another church here in the Valley that does an apologetics uh, series, a series of speakers they bring in. He was one of our speakers to come speak on um, free free speech. Yeah. And when I was t- hosting him around, he had talked to me about uh, transferring. I was, I was going from a pastor to... Uh, an apologist, a speaker with Stand to Reason, and one of the issues that they had wanted me to address, Stand the Reason, was suicide, and I told him that, and he was very uh, passionate about the topic, and it was you know, my main encourager, wanting to get me up to summit camps in Colorado, and um, and uh, never did I know that he struggled, um, and he must have been struggling, but never did I know. I talked to him maybe three or four weeks before he committed suicide, and uh, he was happy as can be. He was. Uh, engaged to a beautiful woman yeah. uh, his career um, was about to take a, a really uh, big shift
0: um, and he was excited for it at least that's how he expressed himself and and <clears throat> and we see th- Very sad. We, we we see things like this like Anthony Bourdain why why, yeah. why at that stage in his why would he commit suicide you, you see folks that seem it, in all intents and purposes from a world view yeah they got all their Ducks in order, and then internally it's it's a train wreck, and they're, they're hurting.
1: That's true. I mean, so worldview plays a major portion of this. So uh, when you're looking into the literature, into the research, you see, I mean, Christian, Jew, Muslim, uh, atheist, atheist agnostic. agnostic. They all wrestle. We all wrestle with thoughts of suicide. Um, that's the thing about this issue is everybody has experience with it. On some w- level or another, whether it be a friend or a family member who's who's wrestled with this, whether it be a pastor. In, in our context, we've we've experienced a few pastors. Yeah, Harvest Christian suicide. Fellowship's uh, youth pastor
0: uh, right. committed suicide. That, 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 Jared Wilson. Yeah, that took that took people by surprise. And
1: he Florida. was and he was somebody that uh, was known in the community as kind of a mental health specialist. So like he spoke about his depression, he spoke yeah. about his issues, but it, it, it's all worldview focused. And, and the when we seek the answer why do people contemplate suicide? We can look at it from a worldview perspective, and there's similar but different uh, reasons as to why, whether you believe in God or whether you're a Christian or not, and, and those things play a factor.
0: Now, bef- before we get into the topic, because we'll, we'll have time to do that, and I really want to mm-hmm. look at it. I, w- I want the folks to get to know you a little bit, okay. because <laughs> what w- I got to know you as a minister here in the Conejo, and I mm-hmm. uh, I think the first time was w- through Joe Salant, m- m- maybe <laughs> <elsewhere>. <laughs> probably, yeah. But you know, you you worked with Doug Posey, mm-hmm. uh, you were over at Living Oaks, and you and three other men uh, with this kind of quadrant of pastors started solely church in Camarillo. That's right. Yeah. We just and planted a year ago. You planted a year ago. So you're navigating as a brand new pastor, but that you're, you're a tent maker. Uh, you, you work <laughs> at a law firm. You also work for stand to reason. Yeah. You're an apologist. You speak all over the country. Yeah. He, he, he uh, COVID. <laughs> Until
1: COVID.
2: he, he, uh, he was our apologetics coach for our speech and debate for, uh, I think two seasons. And yeah. he has this great thing if you ever get a chance. I think it's on YouTube where you pretend like you're an atheist. Yeah. And that is <laughs> well, that I mean, that an atheist the real room. Plays It's a lot amazing. of fun. It's a lot yeah. of fun.
0: And, and the reason why he's good at that is because you were an atheist. For and a long time. You, and when pe- people say, oh, okay, yeah, everyone at some point an atheist. No, you were, this was your yeah. commitment. You wanted to just eviscerate Christianity. That's right. And then you run into this cute gal that uh, <laughs> knows the I Lord. Did. This happened. This and is you, a true story. Yeah. <laughs> You, you start mocking her and attacking her, and yeah. you still want to date her. And uh, well, of course,
1: yeah. I mean, so so I, I did my undergrad at American University in Washington D.C. I went on to learn, work at a, a prestigious law firm there as a paralegal. My major in criminal justice, a highly moral. Uh, major, Atheist. No. you know, and in the context of, of school, I would stand up against the people who were trying to raise objections or, or anything, uh, according to criminal justice, why we should do this, why we shouldn't do this on the grounds of God. And I would just beat them down. And that carried into my professional career. Uh, I, I used to love, if I found out you were a Christian, I used to love to take you out for a beer or a cup of coffee. Uh, talk to you about why you're a Christian and, and really hammer you. Uh, I knew the arguments and I wanted to debate these things. I was vociferous. And uh, the, the, there's, there's two sad things. One is the majority of the time, nobody uh, could defend their faith. They could tell me what the Bible said sometimes. They could, uh, they could tell me who Jesus was, but they couldn't ever tell me why they believe what they believe. Yeah. Uh, why, and then more importantly, why should I believe what you believe? And then the other part is I never once did they share the gospel with me. I wasn't shared the gospel until I went to church for the first time as a twenty six year old when I was chasing I was chasing my wife. You know, I met her my first night in Los Angeles. I was just off the plane from now, DC.
0: You you also you were a chef
1: for a while. No, well, in college I cooked, but no, 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 no. I was Like, like a about line cooking. cook.
0: Okay. So
2: Passion.
1: actually, the night that I was gonna, I wanted to become a chef, uh, but I chose to go to, to go to seminary instead. So, my, my, but uh, for, it was better. <laughs> different
0: different kind of food.
1: Yeah, different kind of food. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and then I met my wife, and and she. She was really gracious and fantastic. She asked me to go to church with her, and I've done crazier things for the affections of a woman than go to church. So, absolutely. And we went to church, and um, it was really strange. It was so weird the first time. There was a lot
2: of grace because you would send her home crying after dates, right?
1: Yeah, I can remember (laughs) cooking. I used to live in Hollywood, and I'd be cooking her food, and, and she'd come over, and I'd be like, You really believe in Adam and Eve? Are you kidding me? Like, I thought you were smart. My wife is brilliant. I mean, she's absolutely she's brilliant. Yeah. And and But I'd be like, I thought you were smart. Like, what's wrong with you? you oh, know? Yeah, was that Boston? Yeah, like it's it's Boston. It, 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 as I start to get more comfortable, it'll start coming I saw out. that. It came out right there. And, and I'll start talking faster, too. the so. <laughs> yeah, it's great. But the, um, and, and, uh, and, and I talked to her about these things, evolution and all this stuff, and I, and I couldn't believe it. And I was like, man, I, I don't, th- I was thinking inside, like, I don't think I can be with this person. Like, she's like a, a fundamentalist Christian, right? Yeah. And, uh, and she would, uh, in hindsight, she, she, she would say now, if she were here, that after the date, she would drive home and she 'd be crying, um, not, not necessarily because of what you 'd done but, what I'd done, but she just knew the relationship couldn 't go anywhere yeah he 's a nice guy, but yeah yeah and uh, walking dead man that 's right well that's <laughs> definitely that 's definitely true and and uh, but then you know through a series of events i really being integrated into a community of people, men specifically who were passionate about their vocation their career they were fun guys, but they were also equally passionate about who Jesus is. And, uh, and they put up with my, my junk. I mean, I had debates. I remember uh, Todd Royal, he was living in an apartment with his new, new wife in Studio City. I, across from his island, I was, we were yelling at each other because I wasn't just pro-choice. I was pro-abortion. So I was saying, you you're like, you're like Peter Singer.
0: You're just absolutely. like, absolutely kill yeah. whoever you want, whenever yeah, harvest you want. the organs, use it for That's science. That's right. Yeah. You
1: because, know? because what happened is, is I was trying to follow my worldview out to its logical conclusions. So, so I was thinking through my worldview, you were being honest, I was being, trying to be very intellectually honest. And that also led me to very dark places very quickly. And when I yeah, started, like you can't call Hitler evil. That's right. Well, I can't call anything. No, that's there's, one no of the, there's no evil. There's no metaphysical call them bumps into reality. I was yeah. having these major bumps into reality, and one of them was the the existence of a moral depth to life. I had no grounds to object ultimately to things being wrong, and when you start living that out, uh, it's just it just doesn't go, Nowhere, go very well man. for anybody. <laughs> and 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 I had to relent after a certain intellectually, I I, I, I struggled for a, a, a few months. My Future in-laws had given me a copy of a New Believer's Bible, the one that's like edited by Chuck Lorre. Um, Greg Lorre. <coughs> Greg Lorre, thanks. It's, all right. uh, it's kind of a hybrid <laughs> of Chuck <laughs> Smith and Greg. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got these two, two old Christian guys in my mind. Ooh, I know. If Greg's t- <laughs> gonna
0: feel bad. You called him old. <laughs> no, but the, uh, Chuck's dead,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and the but the uh, you know the uh, the New Living Translation was perfect. I used to read it on the train to work every morning from Hollywood to downtown to my law yeah, firm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I like to say that, you know, through people like Ravi Zacharias, Gary Habermas, Mike Lacona, God Greg Kokel, his soul, Ravi. Um, my intellect was being ministered to at the same time, my spirit was being ministered to my heart through the Word of God, and
0: things just started exploding. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, I'm a Christian. I love what Ravi, Ravi Zacharias says. He he's, He wants to make believers thinkers and thinkers believers. Yeah. Because we're, we're so superficial in our Christianity. And that's what we were doing last night with Dr. Michael Brown. Uh, and I was contending with him, kind of like we, we did a little bit before we, we came on uh, on the live stream. You know, you and I have a, not a conflict, but a difference in opinion. Sure. And, and that's what we had. And, and we're, I want to go deeper on that because those are issues we have to think through in the Christian life. Yeah. And I love the way God's wired you for that. You, you, you go Thank deep. You. I appreciate that. And it's, to, it's more needed in the body of Christ.
1: Yeah. So the, the thing is, is everybody who's watching, it's really important to understand, like, I don't believe that I'm a, I, I don't believe what I believe, that I'm a, I'm a Christian because it makes me feel good. I don't believe because it's gotten me a better life. That's certainly true. Like I have not, like, I haven't made and, more and, money. And, and not to fault
0: anyone who did come to Christ that
1: way. No, yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, no, but, it, you know, but I believe what I believe, not because of a personal gain or benefit to me. I believe because it's true. And I want to chase the truth. I think that that's the, that, that, that is uh, our chief end uh, as, as human beings is to follow what is true, what, what really is, what matches up to reality, meaning the way the world is really uh, made up. And, uh, and if, if somebody can show me and prove to me or whatever in the course of a discussion or many discussions, you know, Jesus Christ did not raise from the dead. I don't want to believe that if it's not true because I've altered my life in drastic ways according to that fact. Yeah. So, so, uh, but nobody's been able to do that yet. And I'm not saying I'm the best debater or anything. I'm not, you know, I'm just a man. You're not bad though. But, um, <laughs> but I, but, but I, I want to chase after the truth in all areas of life and dig in and hold fast.
0: I think that's a, a that's a good place to transition to the topic for sure. tonight because your pursuit of truth is what, what brought you to Christ. That's right. Yeah. And, and if we're going to be intellectually honest you know, is it Aristotle said the unexamined life isn't worth living? It's not worth living. And and you you, you can you can live in a Pollyanna world and surround yourself with people who are going to tell you that the sky isn't blue. It's you know whatever you want it to be. Yeah. And you can create that, but over time you're living in Hollywood. It's a fantasy world. It doesn't exist, <laughs> right? Yeah. You you think you can make up your own reality, but we're bound by the laws of nature and nature's God. That's right. And and it and it doesn't matter if you're an agnostic or an atheist, you're still bound by gravity. So if you if you live an examined life and you pursue truth, this is the exciting thing, and this is this is the the transition into the topic tonight. Christ says you'll know the truth, and the truth will mm. set you free. That's right. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy and enslave. And that's that's why I'm driven to what I'm doing. We'll cover that another night. But this enslavement, ultimately, uh, a cancer destroys the host. Yeah. Yeah. And wants you dead. That's right. Satan's a liar. He's a liar. That's what scripture says, right? He comes to kill. That's right.
1: Now, he's prowling around like a roaring roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Satan
0: will lie to you. So, so with that, he's he's lying to you. He's telling your life isn't isn't worth anything. We covered the story with Raven. You haven't heard it, but it's okay. People on the broadcast know about it. And and, it, and it's this idea of how you distinguish between Satan's voice and God's voice, and that he wants you dead. Yeah. And and now we live in this world where we're trying to navigate in a fallen world with a worldview that may be different. And like you said, even Christians struggle with depression. Now we, we add into the mix medications that trigger depression, some that, that help facilitate suicidal thoughts. I mean, they they take you in that direction. There are some, there are some. (laughs) And, and, and so with all of that, we're watching a spike and there's statistics that the folks need to hear tonight. And you put on top of that, a pandemic, which isn't a pandemic because the numbers aren't large enough. So we have to change that name. We have a virus out there. Virus. We have a lot of viruses out there, but this one seems to be ruining the country financially, mentally, psychologically, spiritually. N- spiritually, uh, uh, you know. But but the death rate. Yeah. We we can argue that another night. But let's talk about what nobody's talking about. Yeah. That the the draconian measures of the government with this lockdown that <clears throat> you guys are still meeting outside. It was hundred degrees this Sunday.
1: Yeah. It was warm. <laughs> and you, you, you had to meet
0: at eight o'clock. It was still 90 degrees. Yeah. It
1: was hot. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and mass social distancing. And I, and, and I'm looking, the governor's not going to let anyone open. There's not even a green box because he won't be content. I was just reading it. He won't be content until everyone has had a vaccine in California. You won't go back to work. You can't go to a school. He wants everyone to be vaccinated from this, pandemic virus that and they're not even broadcasting the numbers anymore in the county because you can't find them and the state's taken over and they don't even show them because they're just they're silly and people's lives are being ruined and nobody's talking about what god put on your heart which is how it's devastated yeah psychologically mentally emotionally our entire community and here we are tonight, I can't think of a better person to address this, because not only have you lost, not just a friend, friends, many, many, and as ministers, we've yeah. been the ones who've been called in, and as chaplains, I'm the one who was always called in to, yeah. you know, there's a person hanging, there's, I, I helped clean off a wall with brain matter after a man shot himself. And and you
2: started on researching this way before COVID. I mean, oh, this, this topic is came two up. Years ago. Yeah, so you get the to do the comparing and contrasting compared to pre-COVID and COVID, how the yeah. numbers have changed and how it's affected us. And then
1: one of the things is that you, you just said so much, uh, Rob. Uh, I did. I'm sorry. A lot right there. But, you know, there's a lot that goes into this. And, and yes, there are, uh, there are worldview differences. But, but one of the things that, that transcends the worldview that goes across worldview planes are the facts, and the facts of the matter are suicide's on, on the rise drastically. New studies from CDC. Uh, the CDC considers suicide a pandemic. Yeah. And, and suicide itself actually has a, a, a contagious effect almost. That's why in a community like ours, the, it, it often happens in the context of high schools, right? So a student takes his own life or a college student takes his own life. Copycats. Whole, we're all on watch for suicide because more than likely there's going to be multiple copycats. People seeing they, they think it's effective. I'm going to move my chair
0: because I'm noticing that. I just can't see you well enough in your. Yeah, yeah,
1: I'm not much to look at, so. That's right. I'm not either. I got, a voice, that's, I got a face for radio. Yeah, me too. That, that's my line. yeah. Hey, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, but, but I think, but, but, but uh, I'm, I'm really happy that my, my, my work at Standard Reason, the way I got thrown into this is that we were at a conference of 2,800 or so students at a conference in Dallas, Texas, um, at Cottonwood Creek Church. And uh, the pastor is extremely passionate about suicide, so he wanted to give a breakout. So he had a breakout ch- uh, session. He couldn't fill the, the spot because they had a huge hailstorm. He was handling a ton of stuff. So we, ha- we were thinking about canceling it, but there were so many students who wanted to hear from it. And we had a guest speaker hop in just last minute, speak on it really quickly. The room was packed. I mean, like, packed, packed. So we're like, okay, we need to, we need to handle this this issue. So I volunteered for it and said, I'd love to handle this issue. I had a cousin who committed suicide many years ago, uh, shot himself. And then while I was preparing this material a year ago, June, my first roommate that I lived with in Hollywood, when I moved here 15 years ago, uh, killed himself while his wife was away on a business trip, leaving behind a beautiful wife and a beautiful little boy. He was, I think, four. He just turned four maybe yesterday or the day before. And uh, like I said before, that this touches all of our lives. And then we, we, we introduce all of a sudden, we introduce this, this pandemic, right? The disease, the COVID 19. And on top of that are these social measures that we're having, you know, the, uh, the restrictions, the masks, the, the isolation. And we often talk like you, you go around the community or you go online and everybody's talking about <clears throat> these draconian, like you use the word, these draconian effect, uh, laws that are happening, right? The government's coming in and. How about this tyrannical? Tyrannical. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> but, 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 uh, but nobody's talking about the mental effects of these things. So, so like you can debate all day until you're blue in the face, whether you think uh, it, it's, ag- it's against your constitutional rights to, to do X, Y, or Z, to close churches or whatnot. But in the background here is, is, is a real monster. And, and the monster is, is uh, the mental effects that this is having. These decisions aren't just having a uh, impact on whether or not you get COVID-19, which is 99% Survivable by the ninety-nine point eight. Yeah, point eight percent survivable, right? Even higher. But but what we're seeing now is just as of as recently as three or four weeks ago, the CDC just released a, stubble, a study of the sampling of five thousand people. So it's not nothing. It's not a ton, but it's not nothing.
0: But projected data, that's a good sampling. It's, it's a
1: good sampling, and they're saying that more than twenty-five percent, more than one quarter of those ages eighteen to twenty-five have had thoughts of suicide in the last. Month not, in the last thirty days not thoughts because the, the way the study broke down
0: seriously seriously considering c- considered considered
1: and That's took right. measures to do it when we say thoughts when we say when in that study it's uh, they they had a plan so they knew when how and and where yeah um and, and this is, this is something to really think about and how it's affecting the folks in the hospitals and, and, how it's affecting you at home, you know, and, uh, and we have to be talking about this and, and, uh, bringing it to the forefront of, of the cultural conversation because real people are really struggling. Yep. So, so suicide is very much like abortion in my mind. Okay. So, so for the longest time, this, this issue was put in the dark corners of our churches. Even nobody wanted to talk about it because it's a stigma or whatever, you know, you didn't know how to discuss it, but the longer it sits there, the more people die. And then <clears throat> once we bring it out of the closet, so to speak, and we start having the cultural conversation about it, we start uh, letting everybody know, yeah, I've had, I've had an abortion. And we, and we see that, and we can seek healing for that person. Yeah. And, 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 and the same thing, yeah, I struggle with suicide. Nobody wants to admit that because there's a stigma to it. But the more when, once we take this monster out of the closet and we start talking about it, we'll see real lives saved just like we have with abortion. And, uh, and this is the time to do it because suicide rates are skyrocketing. If you look at articles from when the pandemic first hit us, your, your, uh, uh, major hospitals are reporting they've seen more suicide, um, but, uh, suicide attempts, victims of suicide who survived, right? So these people who got it in their mind, they're going to kill themselves. And tried to shoot themselves, didn't That's succeed. That's right, didn't yeah. succeed. They've seen more of attempted suicide in that one month, that first month, than they saw all the year before. So, and, and you're talking, uh, emergency room visits on average are, are more than a million for people who, who attempt suicide and fail. Uh, in, in this country, pre-COVID, in this country pre-COVID, four people die by suicide uh, every hour. That means by the time that we're done with this conversation, four people, four people will have taken our lives. S- for some of us, it'll be somebody that we love. And, yeah. and
2: that was pre-COVID.
1: And that's all pre-COVID. And then, you, So you're adding on top of uh, an already existing problem. You're adding on top of it uh, an isolation. And, and you start listening to the, to the press and you start reading the reports and, and, and all the scare tactics that are out there in the mainstream media. And, and, and how they, uh, I mean, you think that the world is falling apart and you start to believe that. And uh, regardless of your worldview now, uh, you know, I, I think sometimes we, we have trouble combating that. And that's why meeting in churches is so important. That's why getting, and this is, again, this guy, friends, this goes across worldview lines. The the, the, the father of social sciences, I cannot for the life of me remember his name, but, uh, you know, um, but the father of, of, of modern social sciences uh, we would say this not a believer is agnostic, and and he would say that that suicide is very closely linked to uh, a Iso- social connection. Yeah,
0: the we've more been, isolated no, the, somebody the is, the absence of a
1: social that's connection. That's right. Yeah. The more uh, the more socially isolated somebody is, the more likely
0: they're gonna. Uh, J- Jordan Peterson covers somebody. that, and, sure. and, he, and he quoted that that person you speak of, and I'm I'm. Running but Michael will find it for us. Yeah, yeah. Durkheim, Durkheim. Emile Durkheim.
1: I never remember his name, so I noted them down before I came. You know,
2: and, we've said it. it on 10, 10, 15 episodes, community is immunity, and yeah. it's not just in our health, but in, in this too. Yeah. F- five times greater suicide rate when churches close. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it spikes. And, and, and church is good for the community. Pe-
0: people pe- people <laughs> drive. I, I was just this last Sunday. A woman comes up to me in tears, and, and she said, I'm not a churchgoer. And and, and then she stops, and, and she goes, I, I, and, and she's crying. Yeah. And she said, it's so good to see people's faces. Yeah. And she just couldn't stop. She just said, thank you. And she says, I'll I'll be here next Sunday. Yeah. And they don't, they're here because they need people. They do. And there's also been another effect. So I have a really good friend. Blessing. I got a a Facebook post from a guy, hashtag, I I won't say his name because I don't have permission, but they copied me on it. I haven't been to church in 20 years, (laughs) but I came because I wanted community. Yeah. It's, it's a, Well, that's
1: the truth. And there's an opposite thing. is So there's something opposite that's going on. I have a really good friend who I'm not going to share their name because they don't know i going to say this, but uh, they lived in uh, Brooklyn, New York. And when the pandemic hit, they moved to Maine as quickly as they possibly could. And, and, wise. and the reason why, and, and I talked to this person, somebody who's close to me, they literally, it made me so sad. They said to me, uh, I look at people and their diseases. So not a Christian. Uh, no, she, she's an atheist. Uh, they have no transcendence in their view. And now this person is, is looking at people thinking that they're diseases and they just want to isolate themselves even more. And they're, as, as they push into more isolation, they're not realizing that they're uh, compounding the, the, the mental effects this is happening. It should also be mentioned that this is a really interesting, because when I started doing this research, right, I thought, okay, it's all mental illness, like, uh, you know, we, can, we know this is true depression, <coughs> anxiety, schizophrenia, multiple personality disorder. This is why people uh, commit suicide. No, 54% of people who die by suicide have never been previously diagnosed with a mental illness. Right. And then on top of that, I start thinking, wait a second, we live in a time and an age where, where we understand the brain better than we ever have. We understand how the mind works in relation to the brain. I mean, there's still a lot of mystery there. But we understand these things. We have better science and technology. We have better medicines where we're able to, to and oftentimes very successfully treat some of these, uh, some of these diseases, mental, mental illnesses, uh, then, then we should be expecting suicide rates to, to rapidly decline. That's not the case. Yeah. We're seeing a spike in the last 20 years, 30% a spike in, in suicide. It seems to me like the f- the more we reduce the, well, the more the, the Christian Judeo influence uh, wanes in our culture, meaning the, the, the less influence the church has on our culture, the more suicide increases.
0: Yeah, Benjamin Rush, who was the father of public education, yeah. one of the signers of the Declaration, Dr. Benjamin Rush, uh, his comment was, "You you take... You you take the Bible or you take morality out of the equation, absolute values. Right. It it's just a matter of time before the incarceration rate increases. Every every social barometer that is negative will rise. Oh.
1: And we're seeing that right now. And I'm hesitant saying something because I don't want to get way off topic, but we're seeing people turning to philosophies of the world, like critical race theory and, and social Marxism and stuff. We're seeing people turn to that right now. To for find the answers, some sort of meaning. To find yeah. some sort of meaning. And then also justification for the, the thing that troubles humanity, meaning the problem of evil. There's something wrong with the world. And, and what we're trying to do is we're trying to find a, an answer for that problem Outside of, of, of the of biblical ethic. And creating even a greater evil in doing that. And that's absolutely what's happening. So, so we're losing our way uh, while we think we're finding it. And, and that's, I mean, and it goes back to originally what you said, right? Satan is the father of lies. Yeah. He's the father of lies. Jesus has come to give you the truth, right? He's come to give you life and life abundantly.
2: Yeah. When, when did, um, talking about it being like contagious in like a high school, it started to be kind of almost glorified. Oh, when did that phenomenon kick it's in?
1: Fairly recently. So there was a, a show the on Netflix, Netflix yeah. uh, 13 Reasons Why. 13 Reasons Why. And it's interesting. I take a different perspective than most conservative Christians that I talk to wherever I am speaking on this. Most don't like that show. I I got a lot of, out of the show. Um, it started to get, like most shows do, you know, kind of ridiculous. And the, the, by the third season, it's completely... it's. It, it's, it's not worth it, but the first season was really interesting because at least the show, in a very real way, it showed the effects of suicide. You saw our marriage completely destroyed. You saw a community reeling uh, with with grief and not knowing how to process it. Of this girl's, su- the the premise is: is a girl, uh, she 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 dies by suicide. She kills herself and she leaves thirteen tapes giving reasons why she did it. And each tape is for a specific person. So basically she's blaming or she's, she's placing blame for her suicide. And in this instance, the suicide is meant to be like kind of, Oh,
0: well I got you. I got the last say. And that's sometimes what people do. People do like police officers. They'll, they'll kill themselves with their own web, their own mm. service revolver. Uh, not all, but some, you know, they'll kill them. And it's kind of a statement. It's just, you know, all, So people are trying to make a statement sometimes. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's, it's so sad. And then you place it, you take, you you take these issues. And and the only statement you're making is that Satan wins.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You believe the lie. So believe the lie. And that's the, that's the fundamental core of suicide, right? You believe a lie that you're better off dead than alive. And, and the reason why you believe that lie is because you've lost hope. (coughs) You've lost hope in the world. And when we press into the issues from an objective standpoint, at least, or, uh, from where i 'm coming from right i 'm I'm, I'm searching for truth is what i want I want the truth of the matter like uh, and I look at naturalism and and what that's that 's the world view that 's kind of yeah come into our culture. It's kind of taken it over. It's what's taught in every college. It's what's taught in our, 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 our public schools here. Naturalism, the belief that nothing transcendent exists. Everything is, uh, th- everything is physical. There's nothing supernatural in the world, right? We're just a random quantification of molecules, uh, meat in motion, you know, uh, meat suits. And we just bump into each other, ra- uh, you know, um, accidentally. There's no meaning or purpose in that. And, and at, the, at the very base of it, uh, uh, the worldview of naturalism is, um, it, it's, it's fundamentally without hope. So, so you can you, you can skate across, borrowing from a Christian worldview, from a worldview that includes God and ultimate hope and meaning and purpose. You can you can steal from that worldview, but and, only for so long. And
0: even hope is metaphysical. Absolutely. Well, look at it like on a metaphysical meaning. You can't touch it. You can't touch it. It's not an idea. It doesn't taste sour. I mean, it's or only sweet. an idea.
1: Yeah. And yeah. and and it, it and so so what happens is, is if you if you live by it an, and I learned I, I I lived this way so I know it just from experiential it might be anecdotal fine, but this is this is my story that when I pressed into these things it led to very dark places and and even in the midst of me attaining the things that 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 I, that the world was telling me that I should be attaining I had the girl I had the place in Hollywood I had the car well I didn't have a car at the time but I could have gotten myself a car yeah. right I mean I had the Material successes, and then when you get there, it's like in Anthony Bourdain or Kate Spade or or yeah. uh, or um, uh, David Carradine, or I mean any of any number of these. Like uh, Kelly Catlin, she's she's a, a recent uh, suicide who, a gold medalist in Olympic cycling. I mean she she spent her entire life, short life, eighteen years, yeah. for this one moment she reached it. She got there, and she realized at the end of, at the edge of that uh, that that cliff at the top of that mountain,
0: there's nothing. There's nothing. Yeah, you, you get to put. A, a piece of fabric around your neck with some sort of metal
1: that and represents that,
0: something that people will forget. And even that, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't satisfy, satisfy the longing that we're all built with. Uh, so I was a brand new sheriff's chaplain, newly minted. <laughs> <One> <laughs> it's of my, a hard job. I, I didn't realize at the time, one of my very first calls, I'd never been up here to Dos Vientos. I live down on Kenmore. I get a call. I come up here. I find one of the houses up here. And it's a suicide. Mm. And I come in. And the officer greets me, and they want me to tend to the to the widow, and and I'm sitting there, and she, you know, she wants to see the body, and she, you know, wants to say goodbye, and but she walks me, and she's lamenting. She walks me by, and she says, "Look at this." And and she takes me to the dining room table, oh. and every bill had been paid, and he had written the check, and he had given instructions. All organized. And they were having financial issues, and he he took his life, and she said. I don't want this. I want him. Yeah. He thought he had, he thought he had done some great service and all he did was leave misery behind. So sad. And then the other one was a family I came into. I won't say how the person, it was a young, young person and, and their sibling was still in the house and they had, and the two parents and they over time had isolated themselves into their rooms and the parents had, had, so they lived in the same building. Yeah. But they had no interaction. When they first came to the Conejo, they were going to church, but they stopped going. Hmm. And then they had no community, and they and and I'm looking and I'm thinking, yeah, how sad.
1: Yeah. The so so you're you're getting at a, at the fundamental cause i think of of why we're seeing this rise in suicide it's, it's isolation ultimately and lack of community and we see this in the context of it's it's, it's naturalism it leads there uh, in and of itself. Yeah, rapidly. That, that's the logical conclusion of naturalism. Now, Christians, we struggle with, with, with these things too, right? We suffer loss and trials. I said it before, like I didn't, when I came to Christ, not, not everything, everything didn't get better. No, yeah. I mean, like mm-hmm. there's sometimes that belief, you know, and I certainly had a hint of that uh, when I was coming to Christ that, oh, wait a second, all oh, my problems are gonna be solved. Well, no, my problems are just compounded because now, now God is probing and prodding at every sin in my life. Oh, I can't keep watching that on the internet. Oh, I can't keep saying these things. Oh, I can't, you know, ah, you know, and, And so life doesn't necessarily get better. We struggle with these things too. But when we turn to scripture, we see... Uh, with, within scripture right there, we see people who, have, who, who die by suicide, and we see people that have come to the brink of suicide, and they said no. And it, it's really interesting when you see these, because these people get to the point where they feel like they don't have anything else around them. We have King Saul, right? Not technically a suicide because he ordered his armor bearer to, to kill, him, kill him. But he, the armor bearer didn't have a choice in that yeah. culture, so it's a suicide. Armor bearer lost everything he knew. He killed himself, right? We have Zimri who, who killed himself in a fire. We have multiple I, I, I examples. Hithophel.
0: Ahithophel. He A put Hifatel. his house in order and hung himself. And then hung himself. Uh, and, and bitterness. <clears throat> him, he wanted revenge and couldn't get it. And couldn't. Well, that was his revenge, right? But uh, it's stupid. No, he wanted. Yeah, because <laughs> <'cause clears throat> Bathsheba was his granddaughter. That's right. Yeah. That's right. He wanted to get back at. That's David. right. But that's what I mean. It's like he, he didn't get it. Yeah, You're right. didn't I get got it. you didn't
1: get it. And then, um, and then, of course, everybody knows the New Testament example, right? Judas. Yeah, and who, who betraying yeah. Jesus. Goes and hangs himself. And the, the sad part that really breaks my heart about Judas is if he had just gone back to Jesus and just asked for forgiveness,
0: it's done. He would have, Jesus would have yeah. forgiven
1: him on the spot. He said, Friend, why
0: have you come? Yeah, yeah. that's right.
1: Yeah. But what we don't think about is there are also Old Testament, New Testament figures who s- struggled with thoughts of, of suicide. David. Uh, and, and David's one, uh, Solomon. Elijah. Oh my gosh, Elijah. He's up on Mount Carmel, right? He's raining fire down from the sky, burning up the prophets of Baal, yeah. right? He's burning up these, these tables. And then, yeah. That's chapter what, eight? Yeah. And, and then all of a sudden, chapter nine, we see him under a juniper tree, running from a, a, a queen that has nothing over him. Yeah. And, and he's saying, Lord, I wish I would die. We yeah. have Jonah who said the same thing. Yeah. He, Jonah says, I would, this is NIV, says, I would be better off dead yeah. than alive. And Paul. We have Paul, who in 2 Corinthians, he's given he says... "He's, up all hope of living. He's, he's, yeah, exactly. He's talking about the trials that he's been through in 2 Corinthians. He's like, I've given up all hope for living. And, but but the, the, the key is, the key is, the great testimony of these men's lives, the great testimony of these men's lives is that they didn't do it. Yeah. They pressed on through the anguish.
2: Micah has just reminded me, and this is why... This topic is so important. He has a queue of questions, right. so I'm not sure how right. you guys want
0: to navigate. But let, let, We'll get is, to the questions. Let me do this one. Thank you. Okay. Let, yeah. let's, let's do just, – just to let folks know, cause, and, and, and I love that you bring this up. Yeah. Granted, this, this secular worldview leads you – if you're pursuing truth, will lead you to dark places. But most people just turn on the music, abandon, and they just don't want to think. Yeah. But life hits you, and you got to come up with answers That's at critical right. moments, and you don't know how to process hurt. And you're just going from one thrill to the next, but ultimately life slows down, and the music stops playing, and you're looking at somebody in a mirror. You don't know who it is, mm. and depression sinks in. That's right. Also, as Christians, you go through those seasons like you were pointing out, and, and, and the scriptures cover this because mankind deals with it. We're in a fallen world, That's right. and we'd like to take, you know, we, we, we'd, we'd like to take control of, of our pain in some capacity and say, you know what? I'm, <laughs> I refuse to play by your rules, God, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't do any good. It doesn't help. And it's, in many cases, it's selfish. In many cases, it's ignorant. Um, I wouldn't say all su- suicides are selfish. I uh, say, no, I don't no, think because so. Because some people, oh, it's the most selfish thing you can do. In some cases, it is. Yeah. In other cases, it's a very ignorant thing to do. Um, and, and you're deceived, you're lied to. I remember, and I've shared this story before, uh, I was a new Christian, the girl I was dating was pregnant, I had to go and tell the pastor, I had to go and tell my folks, my whole world's going to come crashing down. I'm driving over the, the pass from the valley to the coast in California, winding, and he come around the bend, and I'm taking that trip because it was part of my territory for sales, and, and I, I just thought, just go straight. Just do it. Yeah, just do it. It it all goes away. Not realizing that as the Bible says, hold every thought captive to the mind of Christ, that I just started talking with the Lord. That whole issue of my failure in life ended up becoming the seminal point of a connection with my parents and and my wife's grandparents that led them to the Lord. I mean, Mm. it was a critical moment. That whole thing, God was... (laughs) creating this warp and woof of a fabric I wouldn't see for 20 years down the line, maybe longer. And, and it would have all been ruined.
1: Yeah. Going straight. So it's, it's so great that you bring that up because those men that we just talked about, right? Solomon, who, who started his book, Vanity of Vanity, says life is meaningless. It's like his, his pursuits are like chasing after the wind unattainable. But he, he ends that by saying, you know, fear God and obey his commandments, right? Take your eyes off of yourself and put him up there and and stay focused on that. You have, uh, the, the, I mean, the same thing with, with Paul, right? He didn't know what he was going to go on and do. I mean, he didn't know at the time he was writing the New Testament, right? But he, but he did, and and, uh, and, and you can say that. I mean, same thing, Elijah. I mean, he, he went on to pass the baton onto Elijah, yeah. and Elijah, you saw what he did, and yeah. it's these men, they, they, so what I like to say, and it's from a, a good friend of mine, Brett Conkle, you don't confuse the moment with the story. Yeah. And that 's oftentimes what happens is we confuse the moments that we find ourselves, and i 'm not saying friends, I 'm not saying that, that you don 't find yourself in hard times, you do, yeah. and i 'm not trying to d- diminish those hard no. times they 're hard. And, but what I am saying is if you push through, God will break that darkness and eventually you will find the light. Now, now Paul, Paul said Paul said that these are but momentary light afflictions producing us yeah. eternal weight of glory. Now notice there's something happening here. One is these are momentary. That's unhelpful when I'm in the middle of it right, though.
0: And it is an affliction.
1: <laughs> and it is an affliction. So, yeah. so I don't like it when people come up to me and say, oh, this too shall pass. But that's what Paul's saying, especially on a heavenly timeline, a divine yeah. timeline. But he's also saying that there's, number two, that there's something happening there. He's producing in us something through the affliction. Yeah, there's he, a return on this investment. That's right. And he's preparing us ultimately, uh, in my mind, for heaven. And, and so we're going to get up to heaven. We're going to have free will. We're going to make our choices. And we're going to look down and in our past and say, I made some pretty awful decisions. I don't want to do that again. Yeah. And, and that's what these pains and these trials
0: are doing. But you've got to press on through them. That's the point. You end up being the person on the other end of a minefield. And, and you're, you're, you're beat up. You got some shrapnel. Your clothes are torn because you've stepped on a couple of them. And there's new people here on this side. And you go, listen, everywhere I step, just go because it's a clear path. Yeah. You're, you're giving someone else direction on how to get to where that's, they need to be. That's
1: so good. That's Don't so
0: good. give up.
1: And, and, and you have to press on. And the way that you do that, it's, I, I say this, it's, it's, uh, it's the hardest thing to do, but it's simple. You got to talk to somebody. You just got to talk to somebody. You got to find that teacher. You got to find that husband, that wife, that friend, that pastor. You got to find that person
0: that you trust in your life and you got to tell them I'm hurting. There, there's been a, a massive increase uh, to the phone lines of the suicide prevention hotline during Uh-oh. this pandemic. I can't even imagine. This virus. I don't even want to call it pandemic. But, but listen, folks, come to church on Sunday. We'll, we'll connect you. Um, we're here every night at seven, most every night. Sometimes we'll do a pre recorded, but come in with it. And the, and the building's open too, and, and you, you can call. We're here. Yeah. We're here. Uh, it's
1: you know, important.
0: Yeah, reach out. Yeah, and, and, and also. And, and there, No matter what you're going through, I got news for you. Everybody's gone through yeah. something that can we, and, and it, none of it's going to shock me. I've been doing ministry for 30 years. Nothing you're going to tell me is going to shock me. Nothing.
1: That's another lie. That that Satan tells you is that nobody understands what nobody I'm going understands. Through. Yeah, and the statistics—if we just go on statistics alone—we're seeing so many people wrestling with these same things. Yeah, the, the people there are people out there who have been through it. They know what you're going through, and they want to help. And and if you're if you're that person that's on the receiving end, somebody's coming to you. This is what I tell people: it's this is the hardest thing to do, but it's simple. You got to ask that person if they come to you, or if you're concerned with somebody, if they're exhibiting symptoms, and you're worried about them. You got to ask them. You don't say, "Hey, are you okay?" Say, "Hey, have you thought about suicide?" And you've got to use the word. Studies are showing that when when that word is used, when you use the word suicide in that ask, it uh, yeah, it snaps them, and yeah. and and the the likelihood that that person will then die by suicide. Goes drastically yeah. down. You just use the word, and if you feel equipped, like 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 uh, Rob said, you know, you can f- go to church. Uh, you can go to a counseling center. You you can go to. I mean, in this valley, how many churches are there? A lot. There's a lot.
2: You know, and, yeah. and uh, you just gotta trust and and, and, and reach out. Yeah. If if you're a, if you're a, a novice and somebody comes to you, you just gave us one word of wisdom on yeah. use the word suicide to the snap them out. Is there any? Besides being a good listener, or what, what other methodologies that you use to help somebody? That's a
1: great question. So uh, another piece of advice is you don't make promises you can't keep. And when I'm saying that, what I'm thinking is you never tell the person, I won't tell anybody. And you never, tell, you might them, have you, to. You
0: never tell them, uh, you, you can call me, I will be there anytime yeah. for you if you're not going to be there. If you're not going to yeah. be there. Don't yeah. break promises. <laughs> and so, so when, you tell some, when somebody
1: comes to you and confides in this, if you're a student or you just don't know how to handle it, you have to find help. Uh, oftentimes in today's day and age, what people want to say, and this is, this is something that's carried over from a previous time where, oh, they're just looking for attention. We can no longer think yeah. that yeah. anymore because the rates are so high. It's, a, it's the number two cause of death yeah. for kids ages 10, for people ages 10 to 34. If, if you go to certain states like Utah, it's the number one cause of death. Number one.
0: For that age group. For for that age group, yeah, yeah for, for but ten to thirty four. All right, let's 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 take a look at some of these questions because sure. they're good ones. Uh, do you think suicide among Christians is more a physical, mental health related mm. problem, or more a poor spiritual condition, lack of knowing who you are in Christ? I think it's a mixture of both. It's both, yeah. I th- and, I'd and say, and you can both. throw medication on top of that.
1: Well, certainly, uh, I mean, <clears throat> uh, drugs play a factor into it, right? But uh, but it's definitely a mixture of both. But the numbers would tell us that. Uh, the majority of people who, who die by suicide, 54%, have no previously diagnosed mental illness. I'm not saying they don't wrestle with, with a, a, a mental illness, but they haven't been diagnosed. Right. So uh, either they're self-medicating uh, in some way or they're not medicating at right. all. I would say that uh, the, the, one of the main factors here is a poor spiritual condition brought on by an isolation from community, you, they're not involved, not engaged in authentic, real community. I'm not talking just Sunday morning service where, hey, how you doing, Rob? Oh, I'm fantastic. Meanwhile, your marriage is falling apart,
0: your kids marrying somebody you don't want. So, so, <clears> so we did three services this Sunday. It was a communion Sunday, first Sunday of the month. Yeah, sacrament. I I, I get up in the first service, knowing <clears> it's <throat> communion Sunday, and and the Lord puts on my heart. Very spontaneous, especially going through the passage and, and the conclusion of Acts nine. Yeah, uh, he heals Aeneas and uh, Peter. Uh, Aeneas is healed, and so is Dor- Dorcas. And and I just sense the Lord saying, "Have people come up for healing?" Yeah, wow. And we have, <coughs> we have the me. elders and pastors, <clears throat> their wives up here with the oil. Just come and praying. It. it all three services just backed up. People people needed prayer. There there was conversations happening, and and that was in addition to the communion. It was just people need this, yeah. and they left there with people they could talk to and follow up with. Yeah. So I I, yeah. I sat in the
2: afterwards, and there was just a craving for that. Yeah. And and uh, I hope we reached everybody, but there was such a need, those three
0: services that, uh, that it's out there that we need to be addressing. Amen. This, it, that jumps into this question real, real easily. It says, uh, we had a student sadly commit suicide last year. As teachers, we have not had support for helping his classmates. COVID has made this even worse. Mm. What resources would you suggest for us? That's oh a tough goodness. one. And I, I don't, the question, I don't know if it's a private school or public school. I'm, I'm going to assume public school yeah. because that would, that would limit at least what we could offer. Um, and Shawnee gives the hotline. Do we have a copy of the hotline? Yeah, we'll put that up in a minute. Yeah. But, but share with them, obviously we're here. Yeah. You're here. Churches are here. Whoever the person asking the question is, if they need our help, yeah. we can facilitate that as well but.
1: so immediate help uh, I would say the, the faith community within your context but also uh, if you want to read a really great book um, Preventing Suicide by Karen and her last name is um, ev- evading me but uh, it's written from a Christian worldview perspective um, but I think that's right so <laughs> I think the Christian worldview is a true, true worldview. So I think anything else, if you give somebody just some practical help, it's just a Band-Aid. It's not the solution. Yeah,
0: you know, you're dealing with the symptoms, not the problem. That's you want right.
1: to go deeper. So it's, it's a worldview problem. Um, I'd also say uh, John Mark Catton, C-A-T-O-N, Catton, just came out with a, a book on suicide. I, I think it's just labeled suicide. Um, it's a fantastic book. It'll lead you through a lot. Some of the material that we've talked about here uh, turn there turn to your pastors. So, so as a pastor at Soli Church, I understand uh, my job is to uh, comfort and come around you, to offer you practical help, to be there for you. And uh, in the same way, I'm here. So, so as pastors, we are training people to go and do the work of the ministry, right? So God, I would say to you who asked this question, God has placed you in a very specific place at a very specific time to influence a hurting group of people these teenagers in this school high school I don't know what what grade it is I
0: I but dive in Yeah dive in meaning call them go exactly. go see them ask them ask them spend time with them kids spell love t i m e Yeah yeah just reach out to them that means the world to them I we you were youth ministry No I was I got, I got to skip that, uh, yeah, that phase. That's too bad because it was very effective. <laughs> it makes for a good minister, so you, you're going to have to go well, and do well, remedial. Maybe
1: I'm not that good of a minister. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> but but the, 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 the beauty of youth ministry is you started to realize a number of kids came out of the malaise and the darkness by just simply spending time with that's them. That's right. That's how it always happens. It think, always happens that
1: way. Think about, think about right now, if you're watching right now, think about how you met Jesus It wasn't most of us through a dream. It wasn't through an experience. It was through a relationship that you had with somebody who desperately wanted you to know what they knew. Yeah. It's a relationship, and it takes somebody reaching out. That's how it happened for me. Yeah. You know, that's how it happened probably, I'm assuming, for all three of us here. You know, and and also, before I see times getting down, I also want to make sure that we...
0: It, there's not like commercial break or anything. Nobody pays us to do this. We can go a little longer if we have to. Well,
1: I, I, I think it's important to because to, to, we're, we're talking about putting people in the context of, of church. You've got to find a good gospel-centered church and, and one that's not focused on legalism because another struggle that, that, that the Christian can have and what we're seeing through the research and in the literature is, is Christians uh, who have a firm understanding of who Jesus is. They believe in Jesus. They believe they're Christians. But they get bogged down with legalism, a system of do's and don'ts that's overlaid on top of their salvation. You must do this yeah. to be saved. Uh, you know, and, and that's so weighty and it crushes you under the weight of that legalism, you know? There's yeah. nothing that can separate you from the love of nothing. God that is in Christ Jesus our
0: Lord. I nothing. think I think that's a, that, that th- this is a question that was asked. Yeah. I know what you're going to ask now, I think. <laughs> and and it, 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 it's, it's legalistic to ask this question. It can be, because they're 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 laying something greater than the gospel and mm-hmm. salvation. Is suicide the unpardonable sin? Do you go to hell when you commit suicide? And people are going, you know, that's the last thing I need to know. And this is uh, as ministers, we don't want to give the answer because somebody's out there going, if I can get that answer, I'm out of here. Yeah, yeah. So well, that that's first of all, it, that's a really <laughs> stupid reason. I'm just going to tell you <laughs> candidly. If that's where you are, that's where you are. You need help. You need help. You need to call because there there's thousands of other issues other than the the fact that you're going to be able to solidify theologically and justify getting your get out of hell free card. There are people whose lives are depending on you and you are depending on, they, they, they want to connect with you. You're going to devastate them. You're going to devastate us. I don't want to do this program and mm. give you a reason to, to to do that. Yeah. This, this world, God created you to have a purpose in this world. And if you're out there and you're listening to this and you're one of those folks struggling, I'm here. I'm ready to connect with you. But is suicide the unpardonable sin? We go to hell? Yeah, that's like, that's the, that is the number one question I get when I, when I give <clears throat> me, this talk. Me too, uh, yeah. talk and, and people always say, if I divorce my wife, am I going to hell? It's like, yeah. I wanna do something here, <laughs> yeah. but I, I need to know I'm right with God. How would you you get to that place? Yeah,
1: Yeah, it's not a good place. And and something with suicide where your life is in the balance, you have to understand, uh, friends, no. Your uh, suicide no more defines or or dictates where you're going to spend eternity uh, than any other sin in your life. And the last time I checked, Jesus' blood covers all of our sins now. The important thing is, is to uh, sh- well, then is this an escape hatch? Is this the way out? No, it's not Romans 6, right? So Romans 6, uh, <clears throat> the, you know, the, the, the people that, that the Rome people, the Romans are asking Paul, well, then uh, should I go on sinning so that grace, grace may, may abound? <laughs> he says, absolutely By not. No Certainly not. How shall uh, one who died to sin continue to live in sin? And, and this is the thing. So, so we never pursue sin intentionally. We never we never go down that route, and the suicide is the same thing. Now, if somebody commits or dies by suicide, it's not the suicide that that dictates whether they go to heaven or hell any more than it's uh, the 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 suicide that dictates whether or not the atheist goes to heaven or hell. It's it's the same thing. Repentance is not uh, uh, it, 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 it does not determine where you spend your your eternal destiny. Uh, repentance is a gift from God. It's something that, that we can't do apart from the Spirit. And that's, that is indicative of being saved. So, so if you are repenting, uh, if you're capable of repentance, you can firmly believe that you're going to end up in heaven, whether or not you uh, repent of every single sin. Now, that's where this, this question ultimately comes from. It's this, under, this idea that you have to repent of all your sins before you can go to heaven. I hope not. Because, dude, there's so many I don't even remember. Oh, my gosh. There's so many sins. Them. I lived 25 years as an atheist. I don't remember years on end. When, <laughs> like, when, 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 <laughs>
0: let, let alone God who never forgets and knows everything. And, you know. Yeah, exactly. It, but when I, when I asked for Michelle's hand in marriage, I, I just said, look, I can go through my past in detail. Yeah. Or you can just forgive me and we can move on. Yeah. And she's like, I'd opt for the latter. <laughs> Let's just move on.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> thank God. Because I don't want to know the detail for my wife either. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah,
0: and, yeah. And, uh, no, no, but, I was saying for me, for her, to, it
1: would take like, I have nothing
0: to share. But this <laughs> is a
1: real concern. And and so I was, in a, I was in San Diego at the Evangelical Philosophical Society where I presented on suicide. And in front of all these scholars and, 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 and a packed audience and and afterwards, uh, a woman comes up to me, and this happens often, actually, which is insane, like that, that I'm nobody, <laughs> and, and but, the, but God would use somebody like me in this capacity. A, a girl comes up to me, she's probably 22, uh, tears, and she says, I'm so thankful that I came to hear you speak. Um, I said, why? And she said, well, because uh, for the last year and a half, my, my mother and I have been in mental anguish because my aunt who had schizophrenia, lifelong schizophrenia, was a committed Christian when she was in her right mind. She died by suicide last year. My pastor told me she was in hell. Mm. And she says, and I almost, I get choked up when I think about this because this is like, oh my gosh, this is is where the rubber meets the road for me. Like this is people. Uh, And I love people so much. And and she says, I can't wait to get home and tell my mom what you've taught me because I can sleep at night now.
0: So the idea is... Blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is where they they come up with this idea. Sure, blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. They don't understand blasphemy. Of the Holy Spirit. First of all, God the Father creates everything, and all creation speaks of His glory. Then He sends His Son Jesus, and then the Spirit testifies. That's right. And the Holy Spirit is with all mankind. He's alongside all mankind, bringing conviction, and He's speaking to them. If you reject creation, you reject Jesus. The Holy Spirit is is speaking to you by every means possible to want to reconcile you in pursuit of truth. If you're pursuing truth, you'll find him because Jesus is the truth. That's right. And if you're truly an examined life and you're pursuing truth, and that's why I believe Aristotle, God used him because he was pursuing truth. Yeah. And we can cover that. You can disagree with me, but I'll, I'll dig with in with you on that one. It'll <laughs> take another hour. Yeah. But, but <laughs> as you're pursuing truth, you're going to come to know the Lord. But if, if you are denying the laws of nature, nature's God, you're just blasting the music. You're living an unexamined life. You, you are, you're, you're producing nothing. You're caring for no one. It's all about you. You're being deceived. You're you're living in a fantasy world. You're running out of money. Your, your, your life is being, becoming enslaved to the things that you thought would give you freedom and joy. You're, you're going through depression maybe as you're, 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 you're going through rehab or, or detoxing from, from whatever you're on. And, and I've been in those places where the, the high you felt, the depression is exponentially worse because you're borrowing from tomorrow to, to enjoy today. And then when the bill comes due, you, you almost feel like you can't pay it. I know that feeling. But in the midst of it, three words, Lord help me. Mm. He will. He will. Lord, help me. He helped me in that critical moment. Just keep driving. Lord, help me. In the times where you don't want to, Lord, help me. He's never forsaken me. That's right. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart. Blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is where you've denied the Father, you've just denied the Son, and you've denied the the moving of God upon your life by his spirit speaking to you every moment as all creation speaking to you, the laws of nature speaking to you, his word is speaking to you and you have, you have just run roughshod. And, and if you breathe your last without ever reconciling to God, that's called blasphemy of the Holy spirit. You've, you've abandoned everything to do it your way. Well, you can't do it your way. <laughs> o- only, uh, only God can cover sin. It's so
1: frustrating that whenever that, that you just brought to mind that Frank Sinatra song, right? That's the theme song in hell. I did it my way. And it's just, uh, we've seen time and time again where that, where that leads, you know, keep pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps, keep trying to do it yourself. And it just leads to frustration and anguish because you, 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 you're gonna fail. We all do eventually. That's part of living in this world. And, uh, and who do we turn to when we're in the midst of that failure? Uh, it makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. You know, um, and having that faith, I'm glad you shared that. That's very important, yeah.
0: There, there's, there's no other name under heaven that will save us. That's right. And, and you call on his name, he'll show you great mighty things you know not of. And if, you truly, if you're truly at that place of desperation, you know, John, David, myself, we can pick up a phone and talk with you. He's he's there every moment. He was there when no one else was in my life. Call on him. Jesus, help me. He will. I I love this last question. How can I express the urgency of the need for normal pre-COVID church um that doesn't see the importance of community that because of their and I don't know that they're all necessarily politically correct cuz you're not. I mean that 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 wasn't why. <laughs> no, seriously, that's I'm you, definitely not. Yeah, you, <clears throat> you you're you're abiding by yeah, well, the neither are you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we know this. But you're you're abiding by the governor's <laughs> mandates, for the most part. Attempting to?
1: We don't have a building, so yeah. we meet outside. But no, we don't do masks and stuff.
0: Okay. But but this has been. You know that's on that's on live
1: stream. That's, and, it's and, totally and fine. I'm just <laughs> the, the the actually the dance that that I'm doing as a pastor. And I don't know if you're doing the same thing. Is I'm trying to care for all of the flock, not just a portion of flock. So. And what that means is uh, I, I feel convicted, I feel convicted that church is important. And uh, church is important no, in church that- church is essential. We do, we do essential work. We are battling every single Sunday with the enemy. Yep. And, uh, and the enemy is not a disease, it's not a government, it's, it's, it's Satan and his minions, and there's a war, and our war is not among flesh and blood, it's, it, it's spiritual, it's and on Sundays, we go to battle as ministers, and that's what we're doing. And as long as we're not meeting, we're not battling. And I'm not saying you can't battle in, the, in your living room, but so what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to walk this fine line of, of uh, allowing the people who want to come and, and worship in person as I think uh, that we should be doing, but then also caring for the people who don't feel comfortable. So we make sure that we don't make people feel bad. Yeah. We've got people in our congregation. Who no, have we to got to stay that. home.
0: That's why we do the FM station out here. Exactly. And that's why we do the live and stream. Do, and do
1: the live stream, and you get it, and make sure that they get the care that they need.
0: And then there's even a finer line there because you don't want to, you don't want to uh, feed their fears. Yeah. Because th- you know, the more we know whatever things are true, the more we know of data, and you're looking at data on suicide, we're looking at data on COVID, yeah. you're going, you know what, this is way blown out of proportion, and, 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 the, and what they're doing at the state level does not meet anything in regards to what we know in, in realistic data, true yeah. data. And so I don't want to feed those fears, so that's a fine line too. It's hard. Because for the live stream folks tuning in, a lot of them – in an assisted living facility so they're high comorbidity absolutely and and they're of that age group and they're 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 concerned we'll keep it going for a while we had 30 people watching yeah but we did it anyways because we started for them yeah and we had zero followers now we got eleven thousand, almost twelve thousand followers and 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 the point is we want to provide every segment just like you do we're all trying to figure it out yeah, and and but churches, doggone it, start opening. I, th- I think that that yeah,
1: I think that needs to happen. It needs to happen. Uh, so we, I, me and you agree there, so <laughs> we 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 can find that common ground and, and hang you know our what? hat on it. And that's a big that's a big step. <laughs> because I, I would hope you know I would hope that most ministers are feeling this anguish. They are. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean I have a lot to say. This is a whole nother. At least show at
0: too. least my brothers in this area that yeah. I fellowship, with, I know they're feeling this. They yeah. want to open. Yeah. And they're gonna. I mean I after so. those four boxes or the four colors are like.
1: Yeah, so but 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 this this question here, you know, how can we? I express the urgency of the need for normal pre-COVID church. Yeah, like like no masks, no
0: social distancing. Let's just get back yeah, to having. Let's church. Let's
1: just get back to having church. I mean, to, 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 uh, <clears throat> at our at, so if you were to come to, to Soli church uh, on a on any given morning, you'd be in somebody's backyard. Uh, you'd walk in. I have a table set up that have a, a stack of masks and some hand sanitizer and a thermometer. If you want to grab one, fantastic. Uh, what do you do with the thermometer? The thermometer is actually out of batteries right now. <laughs> yes. I'm just, I can't lie. Just throw everything out there. But you know? we were we were scanning people for a while. We, you know what? You no, know what's really funny is actually we had we had somebody we had somebody, um, a, a neighbor of. So we always check with our neighbors. We're.
0: We're oh by the way, we bad. got
1: blamed for your blame. I know that's party. what I was just gonna say. <laughs> they said it was us. They said, they said it sorry. was you guys. Yeah. So we were Sony your so,
2: thermometer, so. you still have that clear plastic <laughs> yeah, that says thirty nine Yeah, says, point yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's running really low. <laughs> you know, and no, but the um yeah, somebody somebody caught like was watching people gather at one of the homes and they've posted something online that and, and they, they posted it was your church. So we didn't even offer correction. We were just like, yep, that's that Rob McCoy guy. <laughs> Thanks brother. Thanks brother. That might be the unpardonable sin. Yeah. But I, I, no, this yeah. is uh, I, I think that that last question is a good question. It you is. know, I think that you just got to follow your conscience you, and be
2: honest. Yeah. Well, you know, it started on Palm Sunday, the value of a smile, the value of a hug, yeah. the value of a connection, Is so hard to describe unless you're here. Rob said it a couple times before. You can't watch a fire on a TV screen. That's right. You can't feel the warmth. warmth. You can't hear the crackle, and that's the the difference. But you can't feel the warmth. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, exactly.
1: It's still not the same. And And that's totally true. And there's no what smell. Oh yeah. Well, it's not a real fire, right? It's a fire. It is right there, (laughs) Boston. It's a it's a poor substitute. Yeah. (laughs) And and the same thing watching watching something watching church, uh, on a screen. It's not church. It's a poor substitute. Now, uh, I think for for a couple of weeks there at the beginning, I understood it. I understood yeah, it. We I were mean, fine
0: with it for a couple weeks when we didn't know the severity right. of the virus. But we're not with it now.
1: And then you got to – But it's, it, it, let's not let's not. Oh man, see, I'm gonna get myself in trouble. Uh, don't don't.
0: Okay, just stay away. Right. Can,
2: I, it's, since I, we're getting to the, the I, can you talk about your standard reason and a couple of we I want was, to. Make I was going to do that. Oh, I'm sorry.
0: but you got it. So okay, take sorry. It.
1: Yeah. Uh, so yes. I work. Tell, tell us how to get connected with you. <laughs> awesome. I'd love to get connected. So I, um, I work for Stand the Reason. I am a speaker and outreach coordinator for them. And part of that, uh, that job is it's a true blessing. I travel all over the country, all over the world until COVID came. I had my first international event planned, a pastor's conference in Canada, and it got canceled, unfortunately, but that's okay. I've been there for a year and a half about, and I'm responsible for raising my, my own support and uh, I would love it if people would partner with me. Uh, I, I guarantee you that you have viewers because I know who goes to your church, and they're very generous. And, and, they've, and thank you so much for your support. If you are on my support team, uh, you make this happen. And I Do would, they support you <clears throat> monthly, or how do they do it? So monthly or through special gifts. Uh, I prefer monthly. Monthly is the, the best way to do it. You can, uh, you can give to me, become a partner with me uh, online at str.org backslash donate. Make sure if you do that that you choose my name from the drop down menu there's multiple options to to donate to um, is it, but is it listed as Jonathan? Or Jonathan J- Noyes will be right there. N O Y E S. That's right. And then, uh, and, and it's not you just. It's it, it, I believe in community. <laughs> we just spent an hour talking about the importance of community. So when you join me in partnership, you join me in community. Where I have a, a private Facebook page that you belong to. Well, I'm yeah. about to launch that. Um, I, I offer a monthly training letter. So so you're getting trained as well. My last monthly letter. It's going out. It should be arriving in mailboxes today or tomorrow. Well, tomorrow it's on critical <clears throat> race theory. So I'm. Um, Taking the most uh, pressing topics of the day, and I'm leaning into them from with a biblical and, and Christian lens, and training you how to respond. What's your
0: what's your average monthly donation from a, a support oh, member?
2: <laughs> we, we, we did an event down at the Waypoint. Jimmy helped him. Yeah. And it was awesome. It we was awesome. Go, yeah, we had great. The
1: the my average I'd say is in the fifty to a hundred dollar range. Is probably average. Uh, I have people on my team that that give anywhere from uh, ten dollars a month up to. Gosh, thousand dollars a month. Okay, you know, um, I'm right now. I'm in a campaign. If you're asking, I'm just going to say it. I'm in a campaign right now. I'm trying to find ten people, ten more people that'll commit a hundred dollars a month. Uh, to me. The, but one of the cool things about the Reason, well, there's so many, right? Uh, Greg Kokel is my mentor, and it's awesome working with him, and it's a cool place to be, is that all of the funds I ra-
0: raise, all of my support goes to me and my family. All right. So uh, you, you only need to find eight because uh, we'll, the church will sponsor you at 200 a month. Oh, my gosh. So... That's not big money, but... Thank okay. you so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: we'll do that. I didn't know that was going to happen, and now I'm going to get emotional. It's 200 no a month. You have no idea, dude. Like, uh, you, the money is hard to make. <laughs> and, <laughs> and
0: anytime people partner with you, I, I it's see unbelievable. How, I see how effective you Thank are you. and how God uses you. And just think about that 22-year-old gal going home to her mom, and God placed oh you strategically gosh. by the generosity of others to use you as an instrument where they can't go. And that's like our kids. The Bible says that children are a blessing from the Lord, blesses a man whose quiver is full. We think the only weapon we have is the sword of scripture. But children are a weapon. They're an arrow that we shoot into That's a future right. we'll never see to affect it. And, mm-hmm. and we raise them straight and true. Well, in the same regard, I won't get to see that future, but I can have, I can have an impact on mm-hmm. it by the way I, I, I cause my kids to live. We may not be able to go where you're going, but we can have an impact in touching the lives of the people you spoke yeah. of. And even what you're doing here, you get to do this because it's afforded you the time to do it. It's it's just um, uh, that that
1: God would use me. If you guys if you guys watch and knew me, I'm not anything special, and God would use us. And let me just kind of tell one story. Yeah, uh, Minnesota. I was in Minnesota. I'm going back to Minnesota. I'm going to Seattle next month. I could use prayers. I'm going there uh, too for 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 this talk. Yeah. And um, I was in Minnesota, and uh, I was given this talk to. I mean. Standing room only. It was a room built for four hundred, and there were probably six hundred there. There were forty kids outside in the hall. Listen, this is a student conference at the largest church in uh, Minnesota, and the, the place was packed. Piper? Or no? <sighs> Never mind. Go ahead. I wouldn't read. It's okay, an okay, Eden prayer. okay. Okay. And uh, and and I'm giving this talk, and afterwards, there's a line of people who want to talk, and it's just me, and they have questions. And this girl comes up to me, and she's, uh, kind of standoffish a little bit, and I and and she finally makes her way over, and she's in tears, and she says, "I want to say thank you for the talk," and I say, "Why?" This happens a lot. I say, well, why, you know, what what, would you get? She said, "Uh, John, I was going to kill myself tomorrow. Mm. That's what she said. I have, uh, I haven't been taking my medicine. I have them stockpiled. My parents don't know about it. My parents are going to go to church. I was going to pop all my pills. I know it's a lethal dose because I've planned this out. Mm. I know when, I know where, I know how. And because of this talk, I realized that, that I don't confuse the moment with the story. That I have. Hope. I love that. And don't that confuse the moment still. with the story. Yeah. God, it's, it's Brett uncles. Yeah. God, God is going to still use me. And, uh, and I got in touch with her through my email, put her in touch with not that church's youth program, but another church's. She confessed to her parents. She, her and her parents go into counseling together. And she's, uh, I mean, she is well, well enough Amen. that she's not going to commit suicide. She's alive today, and she's alive today. Amen. And it's just, I mean, gosh, how every humbling. day's a battle. Every day is a battle for
0: all of us, Yeah, amen. but we got to press on. John, you bless us. Thanks for joining thank us. Thank you. Uh, the way we conclude, and, and I, um, I'm going to pray for you, but uh, we always read the blessing out of numbers, um, and I'm, I would ask if you'd read it tonight. Yeah, sure. All right, well, let me pray for you first. Okay. Lord, thank you for John, and I thank you, Lord, for the gift you've given him uh, with the mind that you've entrusted to him. And even the testimony that envelops it all, that this this beautiful work of yours, Lord, has been chosen to be used f- to, to reach into lives that are on the precip of destruction as the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Mm. And John stands upon your truth and, and steps in boldly. a Lion of the tribe of Judah just coming in to, to proclaim your truth and setting the captives free. And so, Lord, please, I pray provision for him and his family, protection for them. And Lord, we want to just tell you right now, thank you for this man. Thank you for blessing us tonight with what you've entrusted to him that he's been faithful to share. And so, Lord, for those out there tonight that are struggling with this topic, that you're, you're contemplating suicide, you don't need to. Don't, don't be confused. Mm-hmm. You have a life that is very meaningful and profound. And tonight, God's spoken to you, and he's, he's used the voices of, of the folks here and others as well. So say, Lord, help me. He will. Jesus, help me. And, and and know we're here too. Call on the Lord first. Call on us and we're here. And so, Lord, we thank you that when we call on you, you are faithful. And so, Lord, we commit all that to you. In mm. Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we put it up on the screen so it's easier to see. This is uh, number six. And uh, you can do it in a Boston accent. No, I'm just kidding. Boston <laughs> accent. No. This
1: one I know. This one's, This yeah, yeah. is a good blessing. You amen. Know? Uh, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Well done. I love that one. Amen. That, my girls got that every night before bed. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's a good one. Yeah. Well, uh, you'll, you'll come on again? Anytime you'll have me. I appreciate it. Thank no, you. We'd love it. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Well, folks, thanks. And then uh, tomorrow night is, it's not just a live stream. It's also a live live stream. We've got room for about 400 <laughs> people. We're going to allow a live audience. We've got uh, Officer Brandon Tatum and Bishop Broderick Huggins. And uh, it will be a remarkable evening of civil discourse working through an issue that is burdening the nation. Mm. And you're going to hear from two of the sweetest human beings. And I'll be up here uh, just observing and maybe throwing out questions periodically. But come, (laughs) either tune in live or the limited number of seats. About What do we have? About 400 we can fit in here. Um, so tomorrow night, seven o'clock. God bless y'all. See you tomorrow night.